0: The Zoom ID. <laughs> <forgot about> that. <laughs> we have different topics and we have different abonim, and this week we have Rabbi Dr. Yossi Ives over here from in New York. Thanks for joining us. Sorry about that Zoom complication, but hopefully everything is cleared up now. And um, again, next week, January 8th, it's going to be an amazing share with Rabbi Lipsker of Sean Lipsker from Bell Harbor, Surfside at 930. And the topic is titled Why Antisemitism is Overrated. A Torah perspective on how to deal with it. So that should be a very powerful program. I Every mean, lipsker is is an amazing person and um spoke to him a little bit. He was an extraol, but we spoke and he's an amazing, amazing person. And um please join us next week as well. Again, tonight we have the source having world famous Rabbi Dr. Yossi I as much as you're a very powerful topic. We'll get into it in a minute. Might share share 126, which is gematria, um, our what's should be much merry tonight. It's coming on the to have a beautiful and it should be exactly the match what they need for them. It should be unbelievable. So, um, let's start with that. Okay, coach, open it up. Tell us what we're here tonight, what we're talking about. And let's get into it.
1: Oh, I'm
0: <laughs> I'm Sorry, So Much difficulties tonight. Welcome,
2: welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. I want to welcome all the newcomers. Welcome, everyone, to another Let's Get Real with Coach Menachem Bar HaShem with a lot of siyata We're here, number 126. <clears throat> and before we go on, I just want to mention we have the one of our sponsors. We'll hear the other sponsors we'll hear later, but one of our sponsors tonight is an organization that actually pays for therapy. This is some organization that we were looking for organization that pays for therapy it's in israel and they pay for shalom bias they get on the case and they actually give you saw so, a few dollars to help out for therapy and it's called beloved and i'll share the link in the in the chat so any everybody could help out they need our support whatever you give is appreciated and uh, I, I think it's something we need wherever we are. Not only for Shalom bias not only in Israel, wherever we are, to have organizations to help because it's it's much needed. Tonight's topic is a uh, is is a very interesting one. Talking about the crisis, whether there is a crisis or not, or what is the crisis, but. You have some people that uh, they can go out two or three times and they feel right away, they feel it's just not for them. It's too much. It's too overwhelming. And then you have those who have gone out many times. You're talking about maybe years, maybe they're in the Pascha for a while and they they don't see any light in the end of the tunnel. They don't see see it going anywhere just to go out again and again. Where, Where is this going? And uh, to say that tonight we have the answer, well, not all all answers, but we'll probably be able to help some people, so the, uh, new ideas, new ways to look at it, and um, hopefully you'll be able to pick up something. If this would be uh, an outing, going out tonight, calling everybody out to come out and to talk about Shuduchim, you many of you probably wouldn't show up. You know, you've gone to so many different ideas, different uh, meetings, and it just didn't work. But I'm happy that we're doing this on Zoom so you can stay in the comfort of your own home. And even if you are a little bit uh, burnt out and not really interested because you don't believe that there is an answer. But by sitting here and listening to new ideas, it might be able to help. So I'm happy that we can do it over here. You don't have to come out. And in we have this chos with us to Rabbi, have Rabbi Dr. Ives, which he's helped many. He's been doing this for a while and he does have a concept, concept, um concept that we will hear in that's going to help many. So Hashem, we shall have a lot of and just the last thing before we go, before we start, we do have to remember that everything is from Hashem, especially Shadduchim. And There's a lot of stories, but I think there's a lot of segulas also. A lot of people don't like segulas, but, you know, a lot of people do 40-day challah, 40 40 people, um, nishmas, uh, hafatz Again, there are a lot of stories. And uh, I think not to give up, obviously, to do whatever you can and uh, to try, and the right time, we know that whatever happens, happens for the good. And if it's many years sitting around and waiting and trying to figure out when, we don't know the answers. But it could be the right time is not here yet. And hopefully, with some ideas, the right time will be because hopefully, this year, like there are many stories out there, many success stories. Hopefully, we'll hear tonight and we'll hear success stories in the Coming few weeks. Thank you very much. We'll be with lots of
0: atzlocha. Beautiful opening. Okay, let's get into it tonight. We'll go a few things um, before we start again. Tonight's share is called "An Innovative Solution to the Shidduch Crisis: What We Can Do to Help Struggling single, Singles." I know Rabbi Yossi
1: Dives reached out to me. It's again. He reached out. At, I sorry. the right? Okay, sorry about that. Okay, tonight,
0: Nishmas, uh, Professor Freed's Zeda. His name is, his name is Zev Schleimer Rab Yosef. And um, there's two sponsors tonight. I'm going to do the first one, and You do the second one, okay?
2: Mentioned. I mentioned the second one. You go the first.
0: Okay. Dari Sharm, which as I see, it's posted all on all the different websites. They they started a new program. It's called Hearing Loss in, new- in Newborns. Generic hearing loss is preventive in, new- in newborns of all Ashkenazic and Sephardi backgrounds, even in families with no prior history. One in six are carriers for mutations that can cause hearing loss. Dari Sharm recently developed a comprehensive panel that tests for over 60 different genetic mutations that cause hearing loss as Bezrashem, This panel will help prevent most regressive genetic hearing loss within the community. Even if your family has no history of hearing loss, you he could still be a carrier. The hearing loss panel will be requested, can be requested over the phone. Genetically, a new blood sample is not required. And call today to avoid unnecessary delays for a shidduch. Results can take up to two weeks. So basically, the regular Dari Sharm added new parts of the mutation to the thing. So anybody who's calling Dari Sharm or has it, you could add it as one of the add-ons and it's it seems like one in six are carriers. So you call Sharm, again, is the number 718-384-6060. Number two, you can email them about if you have any questions, info at org, And uh, those are the sponsors. So again, Rabbi Yossi, I'm going to read your bio. Metsham will get into it. Hopefully all the Zoom complications will be cleared up. Rabbi Yossi Ives, Rabbi Dr. Yossi Ives is an expert in dating. He's a qualified life coach and author of two books on coaching psychology, including relationship coaching, his website datewell.org provides extensive dating advice. He has worked with hundreds of singles helping them towards marriage. He's a rabbi community in, in Pomona and Muncie and is married of two children. Rabbi Dr. Yossi please
1: open it up. Evening. By way of uh, opening,
3: we just come from Hanukkah,
1: And
3: by Hanukkah we had two battles there was this physical battle. And that was one that had to be fought by people actually dealing with a physical reality, but there was also a spiritual battle, a battle of light against darkness. And that, that particular battle wasn't fought with any swords. It was um, about spreading light, and that by spreading the light, ma'at that by spreading the light, the darkness disappears on its own. It's a famous quote from the Lubavitcher Rebbe that one doesn't drive away darkness with sticks, but with light. And so, it's interesting that when the Gemara says my Hanukkah, it chooses to focus on the light versus the darkness as the real battle. And that's a battle which didn't only happen thousands of years ago, but it's also by Yomim Man Hazer that we have the the same battle to spread light. Um, and that's why today I'm gonna to focus on the issue of raising awareness, of spreading light, because if we can raise awareness, if we can illuminate people people's minds in relation to Shidduchim, I think we can solve a lot of problems. So let me give it a, a little story that happened very recently that brings to to light what we mean by this, what does it mean to raise awareness and how we can, how raising awareness and opening people's minds, lighting up the confusion, we can have a massive impact. It's a story which got quite public because the people involved went not told the whole world. I won't mention their names anyway, but it's something that people have heard. The Thursday before Tishabov, the past Tishabov, a young man called me up. He'd dated 10 young ladies. And on each occasion, he rejected them on the grounds of appearance. And most times it was one or two dates. The last person he met four times, but still said no. The Shatchan said, before we go and find you another person to date, maybe you want to speak to someone. I had a brief conversation with this person, and maybe later we can go into what the conversation entailed. But I was able to help him understand that the reason why he kept saying no to these people was not because there was seriously something wrong with their appearance. And proof is that each of the times that he met this person, he'd seen their picture first, and he chose to meet them. And what are the chances that on each 10 times, the person looked nothing like their picture? And so there was something he was stuck on. It meant that he kept rejecting people he was supposed to be trying to take an interest in. And I was able to help him to understand that there was this thing going on inside of his head, that he had certain internal resistances, that while he wanted to be married, there was something about his own internal mechanism, the way he was thinking, the way he was processing, that was making it difficult for him to connect with somebody. And so he was essentially backing away from it and always finding fault in her appearance. Again, I haven't explained in detail what exactly I discussed with him, but suffice it to say he understood that he was getting it wrong he was misunderstanding what was happening he thought he knew he just didn't like their appearance but now he understood it wasn't quite what he thought I felt he was very this young man was very receptive we only spoke for like an hour and a half and I told him if if you take on board what I've just told you, you'll be engaged in two weeks I had to come. Tisha B'av was nitche. I'm the Rob of a shul, but I did something very controversial. I was invited to speak to 150 singles on Tisha B'av night, so I drove from Pomona to Crown Heights, missed Echo and kindness with my community, to go and be matzah on the Foshes and speak to people about Shiduchim. These were all older singles, many of them many many years behind them. And I told the story, I went into a bit more detail, explained what this person was struggling with and how I was, I felt able to get through to him and explain to him what he thought was going on was not what was really going on. And then I told him that if he were to take on board what was said, he would be engaged in two weeks. Okay, I drive back home. A few days later, I get a message from a young lady. She says, I just want to tell you, I'm the person who he rejected. And I just want you to know your prediction may, just, may yet come true. So he had obviously told her. And what happened is this. He took this on board. He reached out to Shatzchan and says, I think I was too quick to say no. I'd like to meet her again. She was very wary, but she agreed to see what he had to say. They're sitting together and she's giving him a hard time. She says, look, you told me to my face. You didn't find me attractive. Now you want to date me again? Why should I take this seriously? So he says, listen, I'm telling you that I've changed my mind. So she says, I I understand what this is. You're using me as a test to to work out Yossi Ives' ideas. Well, I'm not a guinea pig. I'm not volunteering to be the experiment here. And he said, and we're talking to to grownups here. He said, I want you to know. That half an hour ago, when I came to the door to collect you for this date, and you walked out towards the car, I want you to know you completely blew my mind. She says, how is it possible? She says, I'm telling you, that's how it is. Well, the fact of the matter is they got married a month ago. And I was at that wedding. I'm telling this story because... It is just a simple practical illustration of somebody who had said no to somebody, thought they were saying no because this was what they believed made sense. They were sure they were not interested in this person. They weren't even questioning it. And then something, the light bulb went off in their mind. Something happened to allow them to understand that there was something they didn't realize going on. And once they realized that, They say the same person, the young lady was the same young lady. Everything was the same. Just something inside of their head had switched. And this person went from saying no, no, no to Oiji Sharma. And I know not every story is so dramatic as this, so clear cut. But I'm telling you there are many, many such stories. And we should know that if we see people are struggling, there's, there's something we can do to help people by opening their eyes to what's really going on. So just a few words of introduction. Is there a single crisis? And if so, what is the cause? I already received some criticism over the last few days for the word singles crisis. People felt we were being too negative. Maybe we should call it a singles challenge. So I wanna help you out here with a bit of a definition. The difference between a challenge and a crisis is this. If it's your problem, it's a challenge. If it's my problem, it's a crisis. There are thousands upon thousands of families, probably tens of thousands across the Jewish world, of people who are trying to succeed in Shiduchim, and it's going much more difficult than anybody would want for them. And if that's not a crisis, I don't really know what is. People who are spending years and tens of thousands of dollars trying to do something which is entirely their right and is the first mitzvah in the Torah. And the course, well, people have all kinds of theories, and I'm not going to make out as if there is only one course. But let us say the one biggest course is the one that is not spoken about almost entirely, which is that the people who are doing the dating may be struggling in their own minds, misreading, misunderstanding, and they're we're not doing enough to help people to figure things out. I feel that it's a bit like what it used to be, when I was a kid, that if a child struggled in school, we just said they were a shtvacher they were just not a, a gifted child, and they're just not good at uh, academia. And now we understand that that is a, a tragic rejection of a child's potential, and we now know that many children could be doing much better if we understood why they're struggling and we gave them the appropriate help. And many of those children go on to do extremely well because somebody realized what they needed. And so I have two main points by way of introduction. One, if things aren't going to plan, if your dating or your child's dating or your friend's dating is clearly struggling, they've been at it for too long, without getting the result they want, we need to ask one question, just one question, which is, what is the thing I need to know that could really make a difference here? What is the one thing I need to understand about myself or about dating, which if I knew that, we could have a different outcome? And we need to understand that when we ask, what is that one thing? We don't mean some giant problem. We're not talking mental health. We're not talking some drama. We're talking about something subtle, but nevertheless significant. Because a small problem, if it's the wrong kind of problem, can have a major impact. If you have a tiny pebble in your shoe, tiny, so small that you can't even see it, and when you put your hand inside your shoe, you don't even feel it because it's so small. But when you put your foot back in again, if that's still there, it's going to make it extremely painful and uncomfortable to continue going. So something very small can have a massive impact. And so what we're talking about is something that does not require you to change as a person because you neither can change nor do you need to. But something that you need to be aware of, the awareness. So self-awareness is the primary solution. And just to emphasize that most imperfections are non-issues. We're not here talking about you need to be perfect to date. I, of course, am proof of that. We're not trying to tell people that if only they were able to iron out the kinks in their personality, be somehow better at this and better at that. No, there's somebody out there who will accept you exactly as you are. This isn't about becoming a better person. This is about recognizing that there's something most likely that's not working to your advantage, there's something getting in the way. We need to know what it is, not so that we can solve it, but we can get around it. And I'm happy to discuss this point in depth. And just one more Lukuda. When we say that we need to find out what this tiny thing is, it's getting in somebody's way, we're always talking about one thing. Never two things, not even one and a half. There's something, just one thing that is enough to change it from lemisko from from one small thing only point number one let's try to ask people who want to succeed in dating and are not yet enjoying that success what is it that we need? we're not getting what is it we need to know and point two Dating is not the same for everyone. I can't repeat this enough. In yeshiva, we don't expect everybody to achieve exactly the same learning goals. We understand people have different strengths. Not everyone is going to finish us. When it comes to tzedakah, we understand not everybody can do the same. People have different abilities. When it comes to dating, we treat everybody like we're identical. It's not realistic. We are very different people. And today we're focusing on challenges, because the word crisis is now officially banned. So I want to establish a concept called the 20%. 80% of people are regular Of course, they're also all different, but they're all similar in that they're in that 80%. They're people who most likely will find somebody, if not the first person, the second person, if not the second person, the third person, and it will just fall into place and they will get married. That's very nice for them. I'm so happy that they had such an easy time. And I hope that everybody is in the 80% so that it becomes the 90% and the 99%. But the reality is that there is a 20% of people who will find dating uncomfortable for some reason, in some way. And we mustn't act naive, like we're shocked. There is a big chunk of people who are going to find something about dating difficult, whether that's opening up, whether that's trusting someone, whether that's making a commitment, whether that's making decisions. There's such a long list. I I, I use the term 50 different reasons why somebody could struggle, And just one reason is enough for them to go through years and years of shidduch difficulty. Mm -hmm. And so for the people in the 20%, we need to make a separation between whether a shidduch is going to be comfortable and whether a shidduch is going to be successful. Some people will find that even though what they're doing is very suitable, it makes sense, it would work, there's nothing wrong with the shidduch. And it will still feel uncomfortable. If you're in the 80% and you're dating and you're not finding it comfortable, I would say to you, find somebody else to date with whom you are comfortable, with whom it's not a struggle. But people in the 20%, people who are clearly having a difficulty and it's clear, if you look at it, that it's not coming together for them, they need to understand it doesn't make sense for them to assume that their route to lifelong happiness, is also going to luckily involve a beautiful and easy shidduch process. It may require them to deal with some struggles, and that does nothing, not a commentary and in no way a criticism of the person they're dating or the shidduch suggestion. In other words, to say, some people would make a much better husband or a much better wife than they would make a date. Dating is not for them. I joke, for some people, dating is just not a shidduch. They just don't cut out for it. They just really want to be go from being single to being married. The whole dating process doesn't speak to them. They don't have an easy time sitting in front of a stranger and talking for hours about themselves. That's their idea of a nightmare. And we can't expect them to enjoy it. We can't expect them to thrive. This is just not how they are. And the worst thing we've done is told everybody that you have to enjoy dating. Most people, everybody has to. And if not, there's something wrong. And we've not even left open the possibility that maybe we just, some people are born to struggle in Shaduqa. That dating for them is something hard. And it's going to always feel like they're pushing it. But nevertheless, they're doing the right thing. I think that's uh, enough for me for way of introduction. There was a third point, which we'll come to, no doubt. Um, But over to you.
0: It was a beautiful introduction. Okay, let's do a poll now. We're going to do a poll now. We're going to ask everybody a questions. And Rebjasi, so you could uh, get ready. We have a bunch of questions that came in. We'll ask them. Let's launch the poll. Yeah. Okay, so three-question poll. Do you or someone you know are struggling with the getting married process for a long time? Somebody you know or you know I've been struggling with this process for a while. So either yes, no, yes, but not anymore. That means you know somebody, but it's already whatever it is. They got married or it's not a gay anymore. Okay, that's the first question. Second question. If a person has been on three dates and isn't feeling it, should he or she either A, keep going out until it's a for sure yes or no, quit the Shidduch, or option three, get advice, get help, advice, or guidance? Third question. Which factor, in your opinion, contributes the most to the Shidduch process difficulty? Is it the Shatran process, dealing with the Shatranim, information process, having to make decisions with very little time. Or number three, being judged on a lot of factors that are not so relevant. Those are the three polls, let everybody answer. Then we'll jump to the questions. Menachem, to
1: we'll jump on the first few questions, okay? Sure. Okay. Okay, five seconds. Okay, send it. Okay, the results. Here we go. Y'all, you also gonna Y'all, you gonna love this. Do you or someone you know been struggling with
0: the getting married process for a long time? Ninety-six percent of the people here said yes. Only two percent said no, and the other two percent said yes, but not anymore. So everybody here tonight is definitely the topic is definitely very um very very relevant. Okay. Number two, if a person has been on three dates and isn't feeling it, right? Should he or she, A, keep going out until it's for sure yes or no? Option, 22% of people said that. 7% of people said quit the Shidduch. You have 71% of people said get help, advice and guidance. Number three, which factor in your opinion contributes the most to the Shidduch process difficulty? 21% of people said the Shatchan process, dealing with Shatchanim. 70% of people said the information process. 90% of people said having to make a decision with very little time together. The winning answer, it's not by a lot, 43%, being judged on a lot of practices that are not so relevant. so you want to count on any of these? Uh, on any of these? Yeah,
3: let's go through it. Um, yeah. I know that this is a self select Audience, because people chose to join, and maybe they joined because they're concerned about this matter. But a 98% outcome is astonishing. And it indicates that this is a widespread issue. And we don't have a definition of it of what it means struggling with the getting married process. That could be for a day or a week. But I think most people understood this question the way it was intended, which is for a very long time long enough that it's clear there's a problem. And therefore, I think we should stop trying to imagine that this is an exaggerated concern. Um, So I can only congratulate those people who came on this call and those who I know are going to be following up later for showing an interest in this important topic. The second question, I'm very impressed with the 71%. I would have preferred it was also 98%. Let me tell you a story. A mother called me up a few weeks ago and said, "My son has been dating somebody three times. They match up perfectly well on paper." That's a phrase I don't particularly like. These are people, not pieces of paper. But okay. Match up very well. They get along. Everything is good, but my son is just not feeling it and so she also is not. They're just um very nice together, but It's not going anywhere. So her question to me is Should my son go out on a fourth date just to, to try again, or should he quit? And I said to the mother, You presented a binary option. It's either continue or quit. In other words, continue hoping for the best or get out because you can't keep going like this. I said, Why is there not a third option? Which I actually don't think is the third option, but it's the first option which is, why don't we ask the question, why are they struggling? They're so good for each other. They get along well. Nobody has any complaints. There's no significant concern. And yet, despite everything you would expect, it's not hit off. Why? Could it be that one or more of the parties is struggling with something in some way or another? What do we gain by walking away before we've even taken the time to ask whether there's something we can do to help?
1: And this is a major problem. This was going to be my point three. So I'm glad I didn't say it. That we need to... We need to break away from this idea that
3: if a person is struggling with a shidduch, then they end the shidduch and go to the shatchan and say, right, I need somebody new. That may be the answer. But in many cases, what they need is a... um, they need in any ish, we need that people are willing to renew themselves to come with new perspectives, new understandings, so that the same person, and as in the story we had before, who was previously not working, all of a sudden you get a completely different result. Is this going to be the case in every instance? Of course not. But in enough cases that, um, in enough cases that, it's 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 gotta be our first go-to avenue. What can we do to help them? They're so good together, yet they're not feeling it. It's not working out, why? Let's see if we can figure it out.
2: Okay, so we can go to the first question. So here's a question somebody sent in and I guess we can start the process. He writes over here that I guess I'm what they call an older single and dating already for more than three years. I've been out with many girls, almost 40 girls, and as of now, I'm not looking forward anymore to continue on dates. Now uh, you know, what can you help me with? You know, what's my next step?
3: What am I supposed to do?
1: Well
3: I'm pretty stubborn, but even I would take the view that after trying something 40 times, maybe I need to go back and think what I'm not um, what I haven't done yet rather than keep doing the same thing, of course, it would be irresponsible to speculate as to an individual's personal story when I don't know. But I, that is a prime example of what we're discussing here. Such a person, which um, I really, really hope that the next person they meet is going to be the last person they meet and that they're very happy for many years to come. But... I have to be very careful here because, you know, it takes one button and I'm off this show. So I have to be very delicate here because I know you're temperamental people. But I'm going to hazard a guess that the only common denominator between the 40 people that this young lady has dated was she was on the date. I'm assuming that in every other way there were 40 completely discrete separate people. Not the same person dressing in different clothes each time, and so I know that if it was my child, it was me. I would want to ask that question. Going on another date, I can fully understand how that is not a very appealing idea. So what I advocate is a different kind of dating. You ready for this, Coach Menachem? Let's go. It's called going on a. It's called going on a date with yourself. Take a break for dating for a week and go on a date with yourself. Ask yourself, okay, what is it I need to understand about myself that if I understood this thing, I could really do a whole lot differently. It may be that somebody has um, an anxious attachment orientation. That means that when they like somebody, they become very attached very quickly, very intensely and scare people away. This happens all the time. It could be somebody is uncomfortable talking about themselves. They don't realize it, but the other person feels that they're like almost torturing them by asking them personal questions, and they don't realize how they come across because they generally speaking don't come with a mirror on their date. But the other person is their mirror, and the list goes on and on and on. So there's no point me like speculating, but you know, I I don't know how I'm supposed to um, through the uh, screen of a computer try to sort of bare my heart and how much I genuinely care for this person and want them to be happy. But I would not be doing them a service if I, in wanting them to to, to, to be successful and wanting them to be happy, join them in saying that men are no good, shadhalim are useless, the system is terrible, which may all be true, by the way, but in which way does that help the person? It may make me look better because I'm now this person's big ally. And I'm taking their side against the world. But am I helping them? No. So I'd rather risk upsetting this question and say, my comments were not excluding you. And they're not excluding my child. They apply to everybody. If we want to be successful, we have to ask difficult questions and be ready for difficult answers. I think
2: um to to say to date yourself, the concept is good, but I wonder how many people would see what what what's that one thing that's standing in their way because they're so used to themselves that um, I didn't mean
3: on the, I, I didn't mean they go with for a date with themselves with with only themselves. I'm saying they need somebody who, who can help them to
4: beautiful. see
3: because clearly they haven't figured it out till now um you know so sorry, that people should be, be talking to, to others. And one of the things that I plan to do, I'm going to be launching uh, this week, a course on, on dating for for Cholim and others involved in the Shidduch system. Focus on this 20%, only on the 20%, saying, what do we do for people who are experiencing some kind of difficulty? Only evidenced by the fact that they've been dating for enough time to know something isn't adding up. And we absolutely need to see more people in the Shidduch space being more psychologically aware. We're not talking about mental health problems here. We're talking about normal people who have regular struggles like we all do. But if you don't know what they are, then you're powerless to do anything. So I'd like to think that people will be able to have access to those who can help them to figure out that one thing that they need to understand so they can get around it and not have it trip them up continually.
2: Beautiful. So let me ask you a question about somebody that's actually on a date uh, in the process. I went out with a boy on two dates and I really enjoyed myself and thought he was a good candidate. Now, I'm not sure if they got a no or they
1: might receive a no. If the, the question is, should I try to change the other side's minds? This is something which is a little bit cultural specific. In some
3: communities, certain things are more acceptable than others. And I'm talking to a wide audience here and not everybody's the same, but broadly speaking, um, I've already revealed my hand when I said, we're giving up on shidduchim way too easily, way too easily. I would like today to be the beginning, the firing of the gun for a revolution, that's exciting, right? Um, where we stop accepting this as normal. Where everybody, the parents, the singles, the Shadchanim, the Rabbanim, the Mashpiyim, everybody rises up and says, why are we consenting to this situation? Why are we so ready to agree to shiduchim being ended so frivolously, right? not because of some kind of moral high ground, but because it's so utterly dysfunctional. And so the answer in very broad terms, because again, it varies from community to community, from situation to situation, is if there is a legitimate reason to question why this was ended so quickly, why nobody even asked the question, is there something we could do to help? If that question was never asked, why not ask the question?
2: You're saying even after the Shatchan
3: got a reason, is the Shatchan got a reason why they said no. That's exactly what I'm saying. If there's a reason, by well, a reason, I, I don't have... mean a reason in quotation marks. I mean, for example, um, says the person, you know, is, is not Chal of Yisrael. I, it's just for me kind of where I'm at. I just don't see this working. I Okay. solve of a kibble. I get it. But when somebody says, I just didn't find her attractive, then I start putting my head in my hands because I'm saying, but you were sent a picture and you thought the person was attractive. Now that you meet them, all of a sudden they're transformed in something unattractive. The vorim begoy, something isn't adding up here, right? So why is a shatchan so ready to accept that? Doesn't even like occur to them, one second, this doesn't make sense.
2: Saying even even if it's a, if it's somebody that went out the first date with the first candidate,
3: or that's exactly no, that's exactly we're talking here the twenty percent. If oh, somebody the one- on the first shidduch, the first, this is why I said this. If 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 if, if it's your son or your daughter, that's going on the first shidduch and it doesn't speak to them. I understand it's upsetting, but they're brand new. What you're gonna you going to you do not know anything. You're gonna tell them to do it again. Why? Okay, we're talking about people who they've been dating for a while now. It's time we stop being.
1: Oops.
2: Oops, tonight's been a night. He thought, he thought that we we got him off.
0: <laughs> yeah, we really didn't like his. Uh... I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Here, see if he comes
1: on online. Hello, okay. Hey, so, there you mm-hmm. are. Again,
3: I'm making a clear distinction. If you're very new, you have to figure it out. I know it's upsetting. That, you may, that, that somebody may meet somebody And only because they're young and inexperienced They didn't know what they
1: were doing You know I, I'm sorry for all those people Who could have worked out Had the person been more experienced and more mature 100% Okay But no. <laughs> We're talking here about people Who've been in dating for a long time And we need to ask questions. We need to push back. And the, the, the person will say, what do you mean you're questioning me? I'm
3: telling you my eyes, right? My eyes don't lie. I saw the person.
1: I'm not interested. You're trying to tell me I am interested. What is this? Uh, you know, a marshal, right? I'm sorry. But yes, your eyes can deceive you. Your eyes are
3: not very reliable. If there's something inside your head that takes everything you see and turns it back to front, and you don't know, it doesn't mean it's not happening. Just because you don't know it's happening doesn't mean it's not happening. Now, you may say, well, how do I know? I don't know, but it could be. So why don't we at least ask the question? Okay. Say, how can it be you dated? I have had I had a a, a a young man who was a really, really like Balmadreger, person who's Allah toira of Allah every day. I asked him, how many people have you met? He was 28 years old. He told me 90. I thought he meant 19. I said, you mean one nine? He said, no, nine zero. I'm asking you, where are, how did he even get 90 dates? By the time he came to date number 10, a person like that? I'm sorry, my friend, something isn't right. We need to figure this out now. Before we hurt another 80 Benois roll, before we go and, 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 and upset and, and you know another 80 people who has your child and my child and somebody else's child, why are we so willing to go along with this?
0: Okay, let's go to a live question, is that okay?
4: Sure. Okay, you're on. Hello? Yeah,
0: hi. Hi, Shalom Aleichem.
4: Shalom Aleichem, my name is Chaim, first of all, Thank you so much, Montche and Raboshe, and Raboshe for putting this uh, up live. You both know me very well, but for some reason I'm not gonna disclose who I am, and you'll guess it probably by my voice, but it's better this way. And Shkoyeh for bringing up uh, so much important, valid points that is the biggest part of our crisis. Um, being the fact that actually now there is a very big movement and some of us probably know a movement of Shidduchem uh, with the help of uh, Rabbi Yonis Schwartz, the Gramer and, and Chesky Steiner here in Lakewood, which are ver- working very hard to get people, first of all, to read Shidduchem. But in the part that we're discussing right now is the crisis of Shidduchem is um, basically where people are stuck in Shidduchem. My question to you, Rabbi Yossi, as a shatchen, Um, maybe you can give me some points. I know you're going to give a course about it, but just to try to help tell them, other people. I get some, I have, first of all, I have a few friends that have elder kids and growing older by the day um, and struggling very hard in Shadokham. And I see it sometimes to be that um, the parents are so much involved in making the decision and the child, which is, the boy or the girl who are going out have so much doubt of making the decision on themselves and they get stuck because they're not feeling comfortable they're going to make the right decision and the parents will turn it off. Is there something that you can give me or the the, the other crowd an advice? How can we direct people to give some Freeness and 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 try to find out what the child really wants because they're not getting married. It's their child, and they're not marrying the the boy or the girl.
3: So, um, my answer is going to be a, a bit frustrating, but it's the truth. So let's just stick with the truth. The truth is that there isn't one answer for everybody. In fact, the second point I made in my introduction is that. We, we have to break away from this idea that the Shadah system is the same for everybody. We're totally different people. We're ain deyosem Shavos. So what we need to do is recognize that if somebody is trying and it's something to do with a mis- disconnect between them and their parents, or a disconnect between them and the person they're dating, or a disconnect between themselves and themselves, I'll just give you an example. And this is something which is, my this is not a freak, this is normal stuff that's happening thousands of times as we speak. Some people have a complex personality. That means that when they go on a date, it's not one person showing up, there's two people. And those two people are not in agreement. They have a quiet side and they have a loud side, or they have uh, an adventurous side and a very dull side. though those two sides of their character want very different things and whatever person they meet one side of them is not going to be happy and so there's a battle going on within themselves and so they're never happy but they're never going to be happy because built into their system is a duplicity a multiplicity a a um, complexity within themselves which is i'm telling you not a freak this is not bipolar this is normal stuff okay completely normal behavior Tens of thousands, millions of people in America are like this. This is not a rare thing. We are more complex than we realize, and some people are particularly complex. I'm going to make a confession here live on air, okay? Embarrass myself in front of everybody. But this is my sasha hoya kachoya. Almost to the day, almost to the day, 26 years ago, Aniha Cotton was on a date with the person I ended up marrying. And on the very first date, I told my wife, there were two Yossi Ives, I explained as Yossi Ives one, and as Yossi Ives two, and they were different. And the people who know me in one context would never believe what I'm like in another context. Suffice it to say, she never wanted to meet me again, right? Somehow or another, her, man, her mother managed to persuade her that maybe she should. This is, no, this is not unusual. People are complicated. So we, we, we need to tailor make our solutions to individuals. We can't throw at them some kind of good advice from the grandmother. We need to have an understanding why exactly is this person struggling? What is going on that is making their life a misery? We have to be dedicated to real answers based upon proper understanding. You won't believe it. Once you understand yourself, you can do wonders. You don't have to change. You don't become all of a sudden a unified integrated personality just because you now know you're complicated but you understand, you can make sense now of why you're struggling. Now you know that if you're having a hard time, it's not because the person's unsuitable, but because you're complicated. So you have to make some smart choices now. You have to be willing to accept some difficulty because if part of you is resisting, wherever you meet, that's gonna keep happening, like oil and void. So it allows you to, to then have the courage to make different kinds of choices. And so I'm sorry, but the really unfortunate truth is we need to give somebody like that an opportunity to figure out what it is exactly that's bothering them. That alone, right? They say, that um, that knowing the illness is half the cure. When it comes to knowing the problem is 90% of the cure. If we understand, right? Truth sets us free, all of a sudden, it's not a mystery anymore why I keep coming home disappointed. Or I'll give you another example. On my website, I have something called a coaster syndrome, which is a small percentage of people, but it nevertheless exists. I actually have a client I'm dealing with right now who is in exactly that situation. She finds somebody she likes. She gets very up, uh, upbeat for it. She becomes very motivated. She believes, okay, this one's going to be the one. All very much believing and optimistic. And initially, she sees things she likes because people generally don't lie on resumes and she likes those things. And she says, wow, he's really intelligent. He's very engaging. He's very this, he's very that. And then they hit upon something that they don't like so much, which probably wasn't on the resume. Like maybe they have a, an attitude problem or they don't get along with their mother or whatever it may be. And instead of trying to like process it, is this something I'm comfortable with? Is this something I'm not comfortable with? Could I agree with it? Could it be changed? The person has this like this big bubble, gets burst, the air is deflated and they have this massive crash and they spend three days crying themselves to sleep. This massive up and down, right? And this can go on. But the problem was they inflated the person to an implausible level of perfection to start with. And then when they realize the person isn't what they hoped, which they never were going to be, instead of coming back down to normal levels, they just become so disillusioned and so fed up and so disappointed. It takes them months sometimes just to re- rebuild themselves. But who, who ever thought that was a viable way of thinking? And so it's just so many different reasons why people will struggle. I'm saying, wouldn't it be amazing if you knew why? Then the mystery is gone. Now we know. I'll just give you an analogy and then I'll go back to coach Menachem here. Imagine your task is to get from one end of a room to another. The problem is that the room is strewn with dangerous obstacles, which, if you accidentally trip on them, can cause you real harm. And it's a darkened room. So how are you supposed to get through the room without causing yourself damage? So somebody thinks, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll walk very gently around. I'll try and move the pieces as I encounter them away so that I can keep going and slowly but surely I'll find my way to the other side. Well, some people manage to do that. Other people get it wrong and end up hurting themselves anyway. The obvious solution is to turn on the light. Now that you can see where the obstacles are, they they stay exactly where they are. There are still these obstacles, but now that you know that they're there, and now you know where they are, you can walk around them, and they won't cause you many problems. Detour, but you'll be fine because you know where the problems lie. Awareness is why I spoke about Hanukkah, about the light. Just bringing the light into the room and the darkness is gone, now we know what we're dealing with. Doesn't mean to say we, 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 it's all done, we have obstacles, but we know where they are, so we can get around them. We can outsmart them. You can't
4: outsmart something you don't know exists. Very valuable, thank you so much. I just wanna put out maybe one more question, if I may, and I think so. it's very relevant to what you're saying. A lot of people don't understand the definition that opposite attracts. A lot of people are stuck with it. Wow, he's so much like me, so much like me. And if he's not like me, then they just walk away or they get heartbroken. What's the solution to, to as a Shadche and sometimes to educate people that that might be just a, a good thing for you, that if he's opposite, if he's not exactly like you, that might be the best thing that will attract you. It would be a better partner in life and so on.
3: The famous Maimah Chazal, kochum a good question is half an answer. You answered the question yourself by, in your question, saying how to educate people, right? That's the answer. I tell people, it's more important that you're interested, that they're interested, that you have the same interests. Let's say the person likes horse riding and you like horse riding. You're so excited. I found someone who shares my interest in horse riding. Who cares? It's more interesting that you think that it's cool that this person has an interest it's called horse riding, even though you have no such interest. You think it's a it's it's fascinating that this person has this interest, right? It, it's th- this quest for for I need to find someone like myself. I say you don't need to date if that's the case. Why don't you just go and stand up in front of a mirror and say "Hare a- Animu Kodesh right, and be done with it, right? If you're so enamored by yourself, you don't need to have a wife. So it it's, goes like this. For the most part, similarity is a good thing. Similarity in terms of values, in terms of life goals, even in terms of background and other things. But when it comes to personality, it's the other way around. People should not be looking for someone similar to themselves, especially if they're somewhat extreme themselves in one direction. For example, a person who's a, a extreme introvert should not be looking to marry an extreme introvert. And someone who's an extreme extrovert should not be looking to marry someone like themselves. We need, in these cases, we will have much better marriages and much healthier children if we marry somebody who complements us, not somebody who is our mirror image. So I completely agree with you and if somebody's having a great difficulty accepting this, then there's probably a reason why again something in their head that they're struggling with and not knowing what that is is going to mean they're going to be living with that problem for a very long time.
0: Okay let's get to a few more questions okay. <clears throat> you ready? <clears throat> sorry. Somebody emailed after the fifth day. I found out from my friend that a girl I was dating had a medical condition from her younger years. It's not relevant. It's not a relevant medical condition. is not revealing a medical condition proof of a lack of integrity. Again, they're not saying what the medical condition is. I don't know if they're talking about depression or something, you know, could be something small, something more serious. Maybe if you could, you know, clarify the different types.
3: So I'm going to say two things. Number one, the best way to answer that question is for the person who asked the question to ask himself in honesty, what if it was them? If they were the person, would they be so quick to announce it? We think we have a different moral standard for ourselves and for everybody else. And it's not that it's just unpleasant to be like that and and hypocritical. It's dysfunctional. It doesn't work. It's not how you get happy. Our success doesn't come by judging everybody. People who do well in business don't do well because everybody's no good. They do well because they find out how to work with everybody. And I sell their products and do business deals with everybody. And not everybody literally, but they don't come with an attitude that everybody needs to be rejected. So that's point number one. Point number two is this. If a a medical condition is something that happened in the past and is not relevant now, there is no safer in halacha that I'm aware of that requires a person to reveal that information and therefore I think we need to understand that when you're putting forward your information regarding a shidduch you don't have an obligation to reveal all your chattas ne'urim you don't have to go and tell the person all of your faults you don't have to put in in your resume by the way I bite my nails right? you don't have to so the answer categorically here is, is no. And if somebody did reveal this information, I think they need a brain examined. It's completely not necessary. That's what the other side should be doing and getting to know the person. And that's what dating is for. If a person doesn't reveal this during the course of dating, then I'd say to them they're not dating. They're doing something else. I don't know what to call it. Maybe spending time wasting somebody else's time. But a real dating situation, you get to a point where you trust the person that you can talk completely openly about yourself. And if you can't, then you I, I don't understand how you marry the person.
1: Son of a bitch, I hate niggers. So, see, he didn't hear you. Sorry. Okay. We're getting zoomed, in. We're getting zoomed in. Okay, my so, next question.
0: Yeah, go.
2: So here's another question that came in when on my dates, I'm finding the other part relating over story stories, and it seems from them, he's disrespectful about his parents, and he brings, I guess, brings up different stories about his parents, and it looks like he's disrespectful. Is that
3: considered a problem? Is
1: that moving? <laughs> um,
3: potentially, uh, potentially, yes. I'll tell you this interesting side. You, you're probably expecting me to be very concerned that somebody's got disrespectful views about their parents. I'm less concerned about that because some people's parents are really problematic, and there are some people out there who, you know, that their 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 parenting um, abilities or what the, what they've done with their children could be legitimately questioned. And I don't think that's some kind of major crisis to acknowledge that a person. Um, but not enjoyed the best parenting I don't think that we should treat it like you can never say anything critical of your own family members what I'm more concerned about is that they think that's appropriate to say on a date in other words to be honest with uh, about yourself at an appropriate stage in the dating process I don't see the problem with it. but somebody who's do, doesn't have the seichel to understand that a that on, on date number two is not a time for you to start speaking a bunch of filth about your parents. That's m- more of a concern to me, the person's judgment and the person's character that they don't understand that there's a, there's a time and place for everything. So if a person is, is at, at date number five, let's say, honest about how unfortunately their parents didn't always give them what they needed. And they're open and honest about that. You, you would say, that's exactly the point. You don't want to be lied to. You want somebody who can feels comfortable enough telling you the truth and how they've dealt with it. And then if you feel confident that they've handled it well, you may respect them more for it. But that's not an excuse for speaking in a disrespectful manner um, on a date. If you can't behave on a date with some kind of courtesy, with some kind of um, decorum, then I, I really w- wonder, because on a date's the, the one occasion when people usually can hold it together... And act with some kind of good judgment. And if they're on a date already, behaving poorly, I think that's a red flag for me.
2: Are you saying eventually, when they feel comfortable, it's okay that they talk about it? Because you want them to be open. It just depends how
3: they how how they talk about it. When, yeah, if if on date number two somebody is, dissing their parents, right, then. It's too fast. It's, it's yeah, it's too fast. It's it's just poor judgment. And even if you're critical of your parents, and I don't actually think there's a problem with that, I think it needs to be done in a manner that is appropriate, right? Um, there's a way of doing it. Um, I don't have a lot of patience for bad behavior on dating. I'm just being honest with you. I think it's one of the things that we should be clear about. Part of the problem is people uh, sometimes, that they just... They think they think they're hanging out with their friends. You're not. You let me put it you like this: going on a date is like the coin girdle on Yom Kippur entering the kodesh hakadosh. That sounds
2: it sounds It anxious. Should be
3: with a hadras. You know what it is? It's the rest of your life. It, it's okay if you take it seriously. Okay. It's it's mamish like that f- famous song of Tanya, right? You're coming into the kodesh Akadoshim. This is the most sacred moment of your life. The abish has given you an opportunity to meet his own bnei or bas yechidoi, right? The abish's only child, and you are sitting with this person. They are anxious like anything. They know that their whole life depends on being able to kind of make this interaction work. This is all they're focused on now. Every and you have an obligation to come with a COVID rosh, to come with tremendous respect, sensitivity, and we need to hold people to that. And if somebody if if, if a shatra knows that somebody behaved in a in a discourteous manner and they just brush it aside, I'm sorry, it's somebody's child. We we have to hold all of ourselves to high standards here. I'm asking people to come to a date and be ready to be open about themselves and to give many hours in a very, let's be honest, uncomfortable situation often, right? We have a right to expect to, the, to be emotionally safe. This is not some woke phrase, right? We have a right to expect that we will be spoken to with courtesy, with sensitivity, right? We're not asking a person to promise they'll marry you. We're asking that whatever happens, that this is handled with the level of sacredness that it's due. Would you
2: tell the Shatran to? Is it the Shatran's job
3: to educate? in themselves sometimes need education. I don't want to criticize anybody. We all need chizuk, And I know you like the word to be mischazek. To be mechazek. We, we, we shouldn't be pointing fingers. We should say together, right? We're there for each other. We're here today, a community of people who care about other people's happiness and our children's happiness. Let's work together to create a shadokh system that's worthy of our misra. And if we if 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 we see that people are being hurt, we have to call it out.
2: Beautiful. Okay, here's a different question, backing up a little bit. How do I know when I'm ready to start Shadufin? So this is a question from a 19-year-old claiming he's not ready, but his teachers and Muradera are telling him or her to start. So
3: he wants to know if it's okay to wait. On the one hand, it's the Khamishnam Fureshes, Ben And the Torah tells us we're ready, right? So I think that people should not fall into this idea that it's subjective, right? it's all about, oh, I feel ready. There's an element to which we're, we're show material we have a certain value system, right? We live in a world where how you judge whether something is right or wrong is how I feel. If I feel like going to shul, I go. If I don't feel, like I don't go. That's not our way. We're principled people, we have values. So if somebody's 19 and saying, I don't feel ready, I'm saying, what, you get a game, but put him under pressure. Some people need more time. But I don't want to go too far. Then the person says, what if you're 21, right? You know, you have the negotiation of Sadoim, Ilu yimson Aboyimish, you know, so it keeps every, what if the person's 23? I think we need to be able to find a proportionate approach here. On the one hand, it's not just about how a person feels. It's appropriate to be in Shadochim at a certain age, and people should not uh, just push it off just because it, the idea of shidduchim feels a little overwhelming. And if a person really does feel that, well, again, why are we not giving the person the support they need? Same thing. Why, why is it about continuing or quitting? Why is the binary going on a date as is or not going on a date? What if you have a third option? which is Maybe this person needs support because they're a perfectly normal 20-year-old. It would be completely reasonable for them to start at least thinking about shidduchim and they're very hesitant. And I'm, I, I, I'm, I can't give too much away, but a relative of mine was very self-conscious for reasons I won't go into, I, I believe this anyway, and was not ready to date at all. And whenever dating was mentioned, it was like brushed aside as dating is what other people do. Um, and there was a, a feeling that it was not Shaykh for me at all. I think I know why I'm not going to say this in public but the person was not uh, comfortable with the whole idea, just felt it was going to be a disaster, expected to be rejected, was sure it would never work out and didn't want to humiliate themselves. And this person would probably never have got married for the rest of her life. Happens to be that there's a person speaking to you right now who, who knows a thing or two, and I understood what was going on. And so somebody came up with an idea And I thought the idea actually was very sensible. I liked the sound of it. And so I went over to this family member and I said, would you be open to a suggestion? And of course I got a categorical no. And I said, okay, I'm just bringing it up. I'm putting it out there. A full 30 days, I kept my mouth shut. And I go over to this person a month later and I said, you know, I thought about it. I still think it's a good idea. Would you give it some thought? And again, don't talk to me about dating. As I spoke to the person, suggested it again and heard the whole story again, and I said, you know what? I still think this is a really good idea. So I got the resume and I handed it to this young lady. And I said, look, at least look at the resume. So she looks at the resume and throws it in the garbage. Says, I don't know what on earth the person is thinking. It's, there's nothing here that's suitable, da, 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 da. Another 30 days, I kept my mouth shut. And I, I come back again and I say, you know, I still think there's something to it. Would you at least consider a coffee? Well, a coffee. Suffice it to say they've been married for three years. Very, very happy. I'm telling you that we 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 can't assume that the person doesn't want, the person doesn't feel ready. Maybe we haven't helped them to be ready. Why why are we not taking some machrayas of it? We're the grown-ups here. Maybe the person needs some support. Maybe the person needs to feel that they're not in this alone. Maybe there's something that genuinely is, is, is concerning them. They don't feel that they're going to be accepted. Maybe they're very self-conscious about their insecurities or the lack of self-confidence or their or, 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 or their um, height or their body weight or the fact that they never finished this seminary or something, right? We, we, we shouldn't have this black and white idea. Either they, they we throw them into dating and say, that's it, finished, I've arranged a shidduch, you're going. Matzai Shabbos, he's coming to the door. Or, you know what, you don't want, you don't want. There's a middle ground, which is what can we do to help you be ready?
2: So what, are, what are some examples So what the parents could do? What could we do if uh, they feel they're not ready? What kind of support do they need now
3: from us or from parents? You know what I'm gonna say. Because I'm now, I put my I put my cards on the table. You are got to ask that one question that we started off with, okay? What is this? What is it? This one thing that's bothering you? I, I don't usually know the whole life story. Something is bothering you. Something. What is it? Okay. They may not want to tell their parents that they that they're concerned about something. I don't. Again, we're we're, we're in public here. I'm going to be very delicate, but some people are super subconscious about certain aspects of marriage that they can't get their head around, right? And we don't want to talk about it. But if a person is finding that difficult to deal with, then ignoring it is not the answer. And pushing them literally out of the door and saying, the guy's outside, he's honking already, go, is not the answer. Right? It shouldn't be that a person is... the le- 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 t- You're not being mollis and nefesh to go on a date. A person has to go... Le- so we need to understand why. How can I talk about what we're going to do when we don't know what it is? There are 50 possible explanations why this person is struggling. Maybe we need to narrow it down to what we think the person is struggling with. It's very possible. You ready for this, Coach Menachem? It's very possible that person doesn't believe their parents understand them. And are convinced they're going to send them on terrible shidduchim And just don't want to be part of that. And the parents say, what, me? I'm not, I'm a parent. I'm talking to myself, right? Listen to your kids. Maybe they really don't believe you, you, you understand or that you catalyst. So there's so many different reasons. How can one answer possibly be the, the correct one for everything? But if we can ask the right question, I wrote an article, it was actually put in my wife's name, don't tell anybody, that was really devious of me. But I wrote a, an article, a letter to mothers of single, older singles. If you want, I'll give you the link later, right? It's under my wife's name because it's written to mothers and it's pastnished, right? But I write this letter to mothers and I'm saying, you're desperate. You're tearing your hair out, you're shaitle out. I don't know. I, what do I do? My, 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 my daughter's 28. She's been dating from... I, what can I do? What can I do hope? I'm desperate. I said, you can do nothing, actually. The only thing is you can ask one question. Sit your daughter down and ask one question. I don't know what to tell you, but what is the one thing that if you knew would make a difference? Let's you know, go figure out that one thing. You, you, your parent doesn't have the answers. I know what you need to do. You need to do this. You need to do that. The problem is you go to the dates, you're dressed too casual. The Parents don't necessarily have the the, the tools to know. What are they? Psychologists? But they can ask the question. Everybody can ask a question. Even a child can ask manishtana. The answers come from the, 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 the Masada Haseda. But the questions you can even have at Tinak. Let's get curiosity going. Let's just be curious. Let's
1: open our minds. Okay, we have all these people struggling. Wouldn't it be amazing if we understood why? Okay, hey, Rebyasi, let's go to the last question. <clears throat> You're on. Hi, thank you for taking my question. I'm actually asking for two friends of mine. Um, We're not available
2: tonight. Uh, The first question is, how does some people who have uh, challenges in being vulnerable and expressing themselves, what advice can you give them? And the second question is, um, this is from someone that's older, and he's a friend of mine. He just was like thinking of just like, he's so fed up and tired. From whatever the whole stress of dating he just wants to like once they give up or just the next one that comes, like just try to push it through and push through everything and just get married so someone that wants to like make just things work is there a big risk over there or are there is there a small
3: chance things could work out like that what's your thoughts on the matter okay these are two very different questions i'm going to try to be brief the whole question of vulnerability of being ready to bear your soul to a stranger. Some people, they cannot think of something more enjoyable to find somebody who's willing to listen and talk for hours. For other people, that is their definition of torture. They literally, at night, they can't sleep. They're so afraid. How are they going to be able to talk for this long? And there are different reasons why people may be struggling. And so we're going to have different answers depending on what it is but because I don't have the ability to go into all of the detail, all of the different reasons why someone may struggle and what may be the best thing to tell each and every individual, I'm going to say two things, completely unrelated. One is if you understand that you're vulnerable and you understand why you're vulnerable and that it's not because this person is actually threatening your very existence. You're incredibly anxious, tense, stressed, frightened, not because there's actually anything this other person is going to possibly do to harm you, but because the way your brain is wired, it triggers a whole stress reaction. Then a person can go on a date and saying, okay, so I'm in the 20%. Dating for me is going to be uncomfortable. Okay. I call it going to the dentist. And people say to me, how can you compare dating to going to the dentist? Actually, it's maybe worse than going to the dentist. I'm being kind here. People don't go to the dentist because they enjoy being there. They go to the dentist because they need whatever they're gonna get in a dentist chair. And when a person comes back from the dentist and they say, how did it go? You know, it wasn't at all enjoyable. I wasn't at all relaxed. I, 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 it wasn't a great experience. You don't go to the dentist to have fun. You didn't go there. Nobody wants to have a needle poked in their mouth. Now you may say to me, but that dating isn't going to the dentist." Well, for some people it is. And if if that's how it is, why why don't we just acknowledge it and recognize that if I'm very very difficult with vulnerability, I'm going to struggle with that. And if I'm going to then run away because I'm uncomfortable, that doesn't make sense because you're going to have to go back again and find out that the next person you date is going to be the same thing. So the ability to be aware of what's going on, to have an understanding of why it's happening and be able to be confident that when you're feeling very stressed out, it's a result of your own Brain reaction, not because of anything that's wrong with the Shidduch, means that a person then has the courage to to accept the discomfort, not try to change it necessarily, just to accept that for me, it's going to be a little difficult. It's how it is. It's not the end of the world. Um, And the second point, which is unrelated completely, is that we should be more attuned to the fact that we have a very big percentage of people who do struggle in these ways. I call it 20%. That's one in five people. We should be better um, about encouraging dating practices that make it easier. For example, for a person who finds being open difficult, sitting for three to four hours and doing just that is traumatic. So I would encourage a person, why don't you build a date made up of four quarters where you, you change it every hour so that you're not being put in a situation where you've just got to keep a conversation going forever and the person after five minutes is already terrified they have nothing to say in 10 minutes and how to be better prepared with topics so you're not going to run out of things to say, to come up with activities that make it easier for you to interact without having to to, to focus so much on exposing your, your inner thoughts. So that we can encourage people, on the one hand, to accept the discomfort, because unfortunately it's unavoidable, and also to try to minimize it by better approaches to dating that are less likely to to, to make a bad situation even
1: worse. And and your your, your second question... Is about whether you should push through with things when they're not going well, especially somebody who feels they've had enough dating, they just
3: want it to work. The answer is really black and white here. It's really black and white. In reality, it's never, but in theory, it's black and white. If the problem is an actual problem, there's an actual discrepancy, there's a genuine lack of compatibility, never, ever deliberately turn a blind eye. Honestly, burying your head in the sand, it's a terrible strategy. If it's not good, it's not going to be good later either. And nobody should be, because they're desperate and impatient, agreeing to a bad shidduch. I tell people, never settle for second best. Don't marry somebody because you're fed up of dating. So if it's a real thing, absolutely no way should you just ignore your concerns because you're done. With On the other hand, and this is the, the black and the white, so many times people are struggling, not because there's anything really wrong, but because they struggle. And if you are a person who struggles with dating, well, isn't it better you should struggle and succeed and struggle and fail? So let's prepare ourselves for war, like Yaakov and Asa. Prepare yourself for a battle. Say, dating for me is a war. I encourage people like this to treat dating like a mil- each date like a military operation. Think of a military operation. There's two things you do. One is you never go into a military operation unprepared because you're going to get massacred. Nobody ever goes to a military operation like, guys, let's go yalla. You plan it. You want to know what the enemy has against you. You want to know where the enemy is. You want to know what likely things they could do to get in your way. You plan it meticulously because your lives and the lives of your men are on the line. The second thing about military operation is you don't give up because it's difficult. You ever heard of a p- person going on a military operation and its say, guys, we've got to quit because they're shooting at us. That's what a military operation is. They shoot at you. You don't walk away because it's difficult. So people who know that for them, dating is difficult, they have to treat it like a military operation. They cannot quit because it's difficult. That's just them. They should quit when the date is not a good idea, when it's obviously a problem. And so, again, in conclusion, if there's something wrong, never, ever back down. Don't marry somebody because you're desperate or because people are telling you should do it anyway or because they say to you, I know you're not attracted now, but trust me, when you're married, you will be. How does a person have a right to say such a thing? It's Tina Okay? No, if you don't feel it's right, don't do it. But if you're struggling because you struggle, well, then... That's how you're built. You can send a complaint to the divine complaints department to the British law, and I'm saying, why did you make me so complicated? Right? But that's, that, that's you still have to face the fact that's how you were born. That's how you are. And if you want to be happy, you need to fight through it, not give up. Okay. Jesse, let's go to the, ne- <clears throat> to
0: the next live question, please.
1: Hi. I wonder, um, I don't know, maybe this is bringing up the elephant in the room, but... I've heard people say that you
3: know,
4: that it's a man's world when it comes to dating, that certain issues are gonna be a little more, more difficult for a woman, <clears throat> like uh, you know either medical, psychiatric, her background, family, I mean, even the income, of course, that's maybe too,
1: you know, unless you wanna support a coal guy or something, but I don't know, do you find in your experience that um, certain things will be harder for a women, uh, for a woman or what type of issues? Okay,
3: Um, I'm going to be a bit controversial over here. I hope if anybody's got sensitive ears, they may want to block them at this point. Okay. There is a problem. It's not what everyone is saying. There is this myth that there's a huge gender gap where there's so many more women as there are men that is made up that the facts do not support it. I've never believed in it. Um, I've also found no evidence to suggest this widespread myth to the point that it's almost considered a truism, that it's a boy's world and that the women are being uh, too, um, given too hard a time. I had this out with the editor of a, of a well-known uh, women's magazine, and she told me that uh, the of the crisis is because the guys are, are rejecting the girls. Um I'm telling you as somebody who has 50% male and 50% client base, there's absolutely no basis for this. It's an equal offending situation. Okay. It's not that women are being rejected by men any more than men are being rejected by women. There are certain men who are serial rejectors. That's true. Maybe there's a slightly bigger problem with the men than women over there. But in general, it's not fair. It does not, it doesn't help anybody by demonizing one whole half of our population. It's simply not true. However, this is true. And here's where the men may want to block their ears. The women are better than the men. Point blank. Not all men and all women, but as a rule, the women are superior. Okay. And we need to understand we have a problem here. The guys are coming to dating. They're not nearly as sophisticated, not nearly as worldly. They're not nearly as finished, as polished as the women on average. Of course, there are exceptions, many exceptions, But it's enough of a rule that I'm going to stick my neck out and have you all hate me for it. But I think what we need to do is recognize that we need to get the guys up to scratch. And that is a problem. We are either that or let's do less to improve our women. But what we have now is a gap between women who are coming to dating with a much greater capacity to project themselves positively and guys who are not always quitting themselves so well. Now, of course, it's only a matter of percentage. Most men are fine and most women are fine. But it's enough of a gap to notice a problem. And a lot of women complaining that they're not finding men who they can take seriously. And there's some truth to that. And that we need to remedy that by getting boys better prepared. I don't call them boys. I call them young men or young women. Better prepared for shidduchim. And that is on us. And we should together take responsibility for that. I was in yeshiva for 10 years. And I never had a single class or a single talk Nothing ever was I told a word about dating, about marriage. I'm asking you, is that is that is that sensible? I'm not talking about you know becoming all secular and talking about who knows what. I'm talking about basic ideas about what it means when you go on a date, what that means that you're in the Kodesh Hakadoshim, and that there's a way to speak to somebody, there's a way to approach something, to understand that you may come across certain difficulties and how to handle that. You're not prepared at all, zero preparation. It's not realistic.
1: Beautiful, Rabbi Ives. Okay, let's go to another live question.
0: Amir. Hi, Iran. Amir.
4: Is that me? Yep. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Rabbi Ives and Ashra and Coach Benachem. Um I'm I'm just wondering, we all know that. The evishter ultimately is the one that's the zavogim. So where do we draw the line that the decision has to be ours or that Hashem is putting that decision into our heads to make this shidduch happen? Good or bad, but that's Hashem's decision. So he puts that into our heads to say yes or no.
3: Listen, I'm... I'm here as Dr. Ives, not as Rabbi Ives. Um, I give Shurim all the time, and I'm not afraid to talk about Ashkoffer and halacha and so on. But I would be doing everybody here a massive disservice if I came and started taking the side of the Rabbinic nesheh So I'm gonna be rabbi yitzhakab aditshev and I'm taking the side of people and saying, I'm here to cry out for all those people in pain, all those families who are struggling, all those people who come home night after night, to an empty bedroom, to an empty home, to a, a life alone, and it's not funny. Um, it, it becomes very um, uncharming after after many years of this. And we we, we I don't have any uh, desire to to advocate for 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 your I, I'm here to 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 say we need to do more for each other. We need to put an end to this, and we can't fully put an end to it because we're not we're not all powerful but we need to do our bit, right? It's possible that somebody has an illness because who knows, we want them to go through this struggle. It's our job to heal the person. We need to be the healers. We need to be the ones who are going to say it's unacceptable that this young lady has been rejected 50 times. We've got to do something to figure out why this is happening and how we can help her to succeed.
2: Okay, here's an interesting question that came in. My husband has two sisters and two brothers who are single. Now, they're ages 23 and 30, between 23 and 30. Not, nothing seems to be moving. My mother-in-law really wants them all to get married in order, from oldest to youngest, coming from a Hasidic family. The oldest of the four is 30, and there's two boys, and then there's a girl. Now, the question is, if there's anything to do, and what happens to the youngest girl? If she has to wait for all her older siblings what would you advise
3: oh yeah, yeah yeah i thought you were my friend look we're gonna have to go work about this later on every community has their own value system and their own customs and i have to be aware that whatever i may think i don't run the world so I'm not going to sit here and, and tell, a uh, you know, community X or Y how to how to do things. I can only speak from my heart. And I can say to you that it is mamish shvichas dalmim. It is dinenefashis. It is bikuach nefesh. What we are doing is mamish unacceptable. You need to understand that in certain communities, including the community that I, I guess, would be most associated with, there is a genuine crisis going on now of singles who are older and who are losing their way when it comes to Yiddishkeit and in general in their lives in, in, in the hundreds, in the hundreds, maybe even thousands. Because when you're single for many years, it's very difficult to maintain the levels that you had in Shiva and seminary and people are deteriorating. And I don't just mean Yiddishkeit, I mean just in general, in terms of just bec- in terms of their own mahus as a person, and we if somebody you know hasn't found the right person yet, that's understandable. You know, some people will take longer, so I'm sure to, I'm not complaining about that. But the idea that we treat it as somehow, what's the big deal if they wait another two years? In those two years go, go by, that person could have lost half of their innocence, could have become a totally different person psychologically. And we should not be treating that like it's acceptable. Uh, any parent who's thinking about, or any sibling who's thinking about whether they should be Mavatar, allowing their s- child or their sibling to go ahead of them, should know that this is Dina And unless there is some overwhelming reason that I'm not aware of, why would you want to have the other person's blood on your hands? I just don't feel that it's justified. That's besides for all the Dron Rufni and the Segulus and everything else, that if you are um, Mavata, the Ebishtas is a Gomarmu foreshis, Right the Abish does very much and all the rest of it. But without all the launders, I'm saying what I, from where I sit on my desk, right, there's a famous gemara about David the beginning of Brochus, everyone knows it, about Dam- David the said his hands are full of blood from all the, you know, the, the, the people he's helping. I sit on my desk and I talk to a lot of people, hundreds, thousands. I'm telling you I've seen a lot of blood. And I'm saying we need to we need to recognize that a young person sitting around for years going nowhere is not healthy, and we should not be so complacent about it. Of course, for each of these people, their individual lives, their ola mala, each of these people as a whole world, I can't possibly comment about what each one of them would 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 need in order to be successful. But what we should be doing is really trying to find a way to help them, each one individually, not in order. Each one should know that we have their back. And we care deeply about their success. We're not just trying to marry them off and push them into anything. We want them to be happy. But being happy doesn't always mean doing something comfortable. Being happy sometimes means realizing that for that person, it's uncomfortable. And that's why they need to speak to somebody who understands these things. And they can see that maybe, although what they're hearing is not what they wanted to hear, it's the truth. And the truth will set them free and allow them to to overcome whatever is getting in their way.
2: What would you say about um, the girls that want to have a
3: learning voice? It's interesting. Last time I checked, Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't in yeshiva when he got married to Sephora. I, I don't, I don't want to tell you. I can't criticize. I can't comment. Even Mi'ani or Mo'ani, right? To sit here and talk to whole communities about their their ideologies and their ways of life. What I can say is this: as a person with a psychology background. People
4: are
3: coming to me are not the people who parents are not This isn't a problem that exists among the weaker parts of our community. This exists everywhere. In other words, to say, I think we should be honest that where the person wants to be in learning or not, it's not my business. But if they think that somehow that by that by choosing a very specific type of person, they're going to avoid any kind of struggles or any kind of imperfections. That's just naive. And I would like to think that people will be able to now, especially when we've seen just how not what it, we think it is. The reality is that people will be more open minded about things.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go, another interesting question.
2: My first experience with Shuduchim was very hard. It left a very negative feeling for the whole passion. I heard bad things about the person from an outside source, but my parents and the Shatman were dismissing it. Even after I went out and didn't like it, they kept on pressuring me to continue. Eventually I said no, but it built up a lot of negative feelings for me. As much as I try to push the experience away, I can't get rid of it. And basically, it sounds like they're having reliving some trauma. How can we help
3: such a person? A big hug, a big one. It's difficult. And we cause real damage when we push people into things that they shouldn't be in and thinking that what's the worst that can happen. And the worst that can happen is what you just read. So let's be chachamim, right? And be maktim refur But let's not put people through these kind of traumas because it can lead people to really long-term consequences and it's not fair to anybody and nobody wants it. So parents smarten up, shatchanim. what are you thinking, right? At the same time, I want to be honest, that person's reaction seems pretty strong. And unless what happened to them was truly, truly traumatic, then we shouldn't just treat it like it's obviously everybody else's fault. It's nobody's fault. People are sensitive. And if that person is hypersensitive, the chances are they're going to have difficulty when it comes to dealing with anything in Shaduchim in that they're struggling with. And that person again needs, needs support. Okay, you're having a really hard time, but isn't a bit extreme. After all, the guy didn't beat you up or anything. You know, It was an unpleasant experience. Okay. But you get over it. And if the person doesn't Other ability to get over it. That probably suggests there are other things that are going on as well, and it's better to be to say that person. Okay, here's here's somebody you can speak to. Why don't you go to you know you've got a a brother-in-law, a sister-in-law, you've got a whatever somebody in the family, somebody a teacher. we, we, We people should be able to feel the support and and be able to deal with whatever it is that they're struggling. I don't want to make out as if it's automatically the case that even if a mistake was made, that means that the whole world is bad and that they're a victim. Because we we don't need to create more victims. We need to empower people.
0: I'm going to do the closing now and then we'll leave with some closing chizik words, okay? I just, my voice, it's like mom has gone tonight. Sorry about that. Okay, first of all, big shayat rabbi yasi eyes for coming on tonight and giving so much chizik on this topic. I feel like we touched the surface of this. We can go for hours with this. And uh, it was a tremendous island. Again, if anybody, Rabyosi, people want to know if you your website, how to get in touch with you, what's your website?
3: So I have multiple websites, but the one that gives the dating advice is called datewell.org. You can see it in the picture, datewell.org. I'm gonna be completely revamping it, but it already has hundreds of items of advice. Based on proper psychology suitable for a from audience that tries to give people answers to the kind of questions about why they're struggling in dating or what they can do to be more successful. Um, people can also get hold of me um, at info at datewell.org or Yossi at tagdevelopment.org, and uh, you're you're free to pass on my my phone number as well if anybody would like to reach out to me. um, I'm happy to share it now, but basically...
0: I'll send it out in the email, but I just wanted to let everybody know I spoke to two people that met with you. <clears throat> One person got engaged, and the other person said they didn't get engaged yet, but the, it was unbelievable. So I'm, I'm just letting you know that I heard from two people.
3: I want to be clear here. The purpose of coming on tonight was not to try to get people to speak to me. Um, I'm not saying that people shouldn't call me. That's up to them. That's not the reason why I'm here. I want to make it very clear. I'm here because I want to speak on behalf of all those people who are struggling... And say to them, we we hear you, you, we understand the problem, and we need to do more to provide the support that's required so that people can be more successful. I want to say to you that I have a dream that we have a new shit of crisis. That is, we have a shortage of wedding halls. Um, That's the new shit of crisis we're looking forward to. The pressure gets We have, have a so shortage of people- wedding halls in Lakewood already, but whatever. I know. Well, we're going to make the situation so much worse. It's not going to be believable. They're going to be doubling weddings, two weddings on a night in the same hall, taking turns like 7.30 to 9 and then 9 to It'll be half price. Yeah, 100%. It, it's a win-win. We need, to, we need to realize here that there are thousands of people who shouldn't be in the situation they're in. There's no excuses. We're not going to sit and say the Abish to wants it. Had a mother tell me this a few weeks ago. I went crazy. Says, well, my daughter's been through all this stuff. Must be the Abishtah wants us to go on every single one of those dates. I'm saying who you're advocating for? The Abish? Lord? Mishlam is the creator of the whole universe. He doesn't need you to defend him, okay? He's got very broad shoulders. Why don't you just protect your child? Okay, it's not okay what your child's been through. but Let's make sure this is the last time it happens.
0: Okay, let's let, let's finish up and then we'll we're leave you with the closing. Okay, it's a good One minute, two. one minute, just a second. Okay, we have two sponsors tonight. I'll do the first one. Menachem do the second one. Um, so Dar Sharm has this <clears throat> new mutation that there. You know, people that already have done done Dar It's the hearing loss in newborns. They say one in six people have the carriers. So people that are doing Dari Yisharim, please ask for this mutation. It's it's very important and um, uh, please join it. Menachem, who's the other sponsor?
2: It's therapy, therapy for Shalom bias. It's in Israel as of now. Maybe one day it'll be local. They actually pay for therapy. Isn't that amazing? So they're reaching out for support. Whoever could support, whatever it is, will be a big help. Okay, Dick.
0: And again, Moshem, we're going to have next to you, Rabbi Litzker from Surfside. It should be an amazing share. Hope everybody will join. And um, everything is recorded on menachemberfell.com. If anybody has any questions, you can email Coach Menachem. At gmail.com, you ready? This website is datewell.org, right? Datewell.org. <clears throat> and tonight, share share 126. If you want to listen to, on the phone, the number is 848 GROW. And when um, we go to closing, Menachem, you do the closing, then uh, Rabbi, Rabbi Dr.
2: Yossi afterwards. Very good. Thank you very much. Thank you, Rabbi Dr. Ives. I think we got a little bit of a picture to understand, to navigate a little bit of, for those who are struggling and and yes, it is very important, like we heard, to understand that everything everything we discussed tonight is in the ghetto of Ishtadlus. Hashem wants us to do whatever we can. And here we are, Baruch Hashem, we're finding out more ideas, more venues of how to help. And that's what Hashem wants. We should be there to help others. And uh, hopefully even those who have given up or think that Hashem doesn't want them to get in marriage. So they can rethink and say, wait a second, maybe it's, you know, as of at, about the way you are now, is this exactly where Hashem wants you to be? Yes, it might even be hard. But there is, could be possibilities, it could be it's uh, shy to do, you know, a little bit more of a shtadlis, and hopefully parents could understand the kids, if the kids could explain it to their parents, and hopefully they listen. And in Hashem, we should hear many, many more shaduchim in Mitz
3: Thank what you else? very much. The, 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 very, the very, closing. <laughs> yeah, and, and, I, and I, I wish a full to here that you should be a I'm going to leave you at Kan Doctor Ives, Mikan Rabbi Ives. I'm going to leave you with something from my heart. I hope um, you will take it the way I intended. But you know, when I see things that are taking place that are not correct. It shouldn't be happening. It, it, it's devastating. And I want to ask an appeal. We have to get it right. We want the biggest bracha. We want to have our children's nachas for We have to come about this in the right way. We have to have our values clear. We can't lose our minds when it comes to shiduchim. All of a sudden, we don't have a, a moral compass anymore. We've got to come to this with a view that every one of these people, both the men and the women, they're human beings, they're sensitive, they have feelings, their life is on the line, they're not being put in an easy situation, and we have to ask everyone to up their game and to truly be their best selves. So here we go, point number one. There's a Mishnah. It's not even a Gomorrah, it's a Mishnah. It tells a story, I'm embellishing it based upon the Mophoreship, but the story is what I read, when the Gedoyle Hatanoim, that he took in a a Yesoima, took in an orphan girl, who had no parents and he allowed her to, to live in his house which in those days was how it was done and the young lady was growing up in his home and she reached a, a certain age where she was shidduch ready and he thought we need to marry her off and he said i have a son of marriageable age he went over to his son and he said no what do you think about this young lady he said what are you talking about she's she's ugly I make a shavu, I'm not never going to meet her. So Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Yossi was, uh, you know, Ishkodah. She didn't understand. I, 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 she's really that ugly. So he goes and asks, and they say, no, she's not ugly. But the truth of the matter is, she's a assignment. She has no one to care for. She doesn't have parents. You, 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 you just stock a case. You gave her food and you gave her a shelter, but you never treated like a real daughter you need to treat her like a real daughter. So he goes and takes her to the hairdresser and has her hair done, takes it to the makeup artist and has her makeup done, gets her dresses made, treats her like a like a, a real color maiden. Uh, short while later, the son comes home, he sees this young lady, he says to his father, who is this gorgeous young woman, why don't you introduce her to me? Like, what's the, why you don't want to, he says, she's the one you swore you would never meet. You said she was ugly. And here are the most unbelievable words of the Mishnah. Rabbi Yishmuel. Rabbi Yishmuel cried. He says, Jewish girls are beautiful. It's only the poverty that makes them look ugly. Why was Rabbi Yishmuel crying? He should have been happy. Baruch Hashem. He was successful. Now, he's made her happy and his son happy and him and his wife are not happy. He said, how? Could I have been so blind? How I didn't see that how beautiful she was. I never realized. Nobody realized. It was there all the time. And we never made the effort. We we were blind. We didn't see what was there for, for us to see. Why were we so negligent? I'm saying to you, Rabbi we have wonderful young men and young women, our pride and joy. And they are beautiful people. We need to develop them. We need to support them. We need to treat every single one of people with the greatest of respect. We can never tolerate when a person says to Shatrin, why did you send me this picture? She's ugly, right? I want, believe that if that happens, we should all come back on this show and collectively tear Kriya, that our ears, how could a person talk about the only daughter of Hashem in this way? It should be possible, it should be Let's talk nice, but nicely strong noise him. Let's, let's realize that every single one of these people are our sons and our daughters. They deserve to be treated with respect. They deserve to be loved. They deserve to be put on a pedestal. We want everyone to know when you go on a shidduch, you're treated. I tell my clients, every single one of them, you're going on a shidduch, treat the person like a queen. She is a queen. Treat her that way. You will see she will become a queen she will be what you look, the way you treat her point number 2 the gemara says in moid katan that you can see from both from all three halakim of nach because a pasuk for each that mehashem or leish that when it comes to a couple to zivogim, it's mehashem for example it gives a posok mehashem from a few weeks ago by laveno said mehashem yotzahadavor Shiduchim are from Hashem. Somebody asked a really smart question. And so everything else is not from Hashem. What? The rain doesn't come from Hashem and the food doesn't come. Everything's from Hashem. So, in which way is the vogim different? The answer is because when it comes to Shiduchim, it's Mamish begilu. it's a miracle. Every Shiduch is openly a miracle how two completely separate people can find each other and can feel that they've found that somebody they can spend the rest of their life is an absolutely wondrous thing. There's a famous Medrash from a Bar that a Roman matron asked Rabbi Yosef Bar now that Hashem has created the world, what does he do with his time? And he famously said, Hashem is pairing up people. We know the famous Gemorrah, that Hashem is Arranging even before we're born. Hashem is arranging everything. So, why do we have all these hazal that Hashem is in and not we don't hear Hashem is setting pairing up my son to this yeshiva or my daughter to that seminary? The answer is because zivogim is another level. It's poshet nisim gluyim. We don't have this nowadays. We don't have kriyas happening. It happened once. Kriyas Yamsuf is having every successful shidduch. We're seeing Kriyas Yamsuf. It's poshut an open miracle that we don't have the saychul to appreciate that we are watching the most amazing thing. Be- behold, and um, to unfold before our very eyes. And so, therefore, I'm saying to you, Moira Barboi, say, right with my full heart, we need to understand that every shidduch we're asking for the Kriyas Yamsuf, we're asking for a miracle of the highest order. We need to be worthy of it. If somebody turns to the Abish and says, "I want to win the lottery," the Abish just says to you, "Winning the lottery, do you understand that forty million people are going to lose and only one's going to win? Do you want to be that one? What are you doing?" You say, "I, I, I'm, I'm going to use it for good purposes. I, I'm, I'm your Evid. right? When we are asking the Abish to give us atzlocha with our children's shidduchim. We're saying to give me a with my shidduchim." We're asking for the Abish to do Kriyas Yamsuf, the most amazing thing, to personally intervene, to give us happiness. I'm asking, please, we need a certain Yirashamayim. We need to come to this with an understanding here that we've got to do it right. We've got to be committed to the following. We've got to say before I go on a date, if you're Mazaki me, that this is my zivok, I promise to treat this person like they are a queen for the rest of her life. We've got to be committed to doing the right thing, and the Abrish will help us.
2: Amen. Thank
1: you for coming on. See everybody next week. Same time, same place. Good night. <laughs> yeah.